The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. You can put your weed in there. Stone is Oh, check this out. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can put your weed in there. This is the Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. It's Mike Craig here at Prune Tang. If I can use a medical term. Man, oh, man. You're gay. There's no facts in, in the church. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well, but words are my shit. Yes, words are indeed my shit. Welcome, everybody, to the Standard Digital Show, Chapter 1, Verse 25. We're recording it live on January 18, 2018. Thanks to everybody listening to the free audio version on SternJesus.net. Uh, Stitcher and CanvasRadio.com and iTunes and all those places. Welcome. If you want to see the video version of the show, hello to all of you people. Millions and millions of you watching on video. <laughs> Help support the show. Get the show on video. Patreon.com slash StonerJesus420. If you want to interact with the show, I'm on Twitter at StonerJesus420. You can go to Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash StonerJesus420. StonerJesus420. Gmail.com if you'd like to email theme there. Just remember Stern Jesus 420. You want to check out our group for the show on Facebook. Search Facebook for Disciples of Stoner Jesus. Search Disciples of Stoner Jesus on Facebook. You'll find our group of hardcore fans are on or in the group. Not on the group. They're in the group. So you interact with us that way. we got some stuff. A lot of stuff going on today. Most of today's show is going to be my long interview I did with Jake Pentland. He's a producer, former radio host, podcast host, and he's a son of Roseanne Barr. We had a long, interesting interview about all kinds of stuff, the Roseanne's show coming back, also weird internet shit, Trump, political correct, uh, culture, culture wars, just all kinds of stuff. So go check it out, or check it out on video, or check it out on the end of this show, if you would like to. That's why uh, most of the show is going to be that... Interview. So I'm going to take a break here in a second so we can get to some odd news stories and then we'll get to the interview with Jake Pentland. Again, don't forget, support the show five bucks a month, get the video version of the show, patreon.com slash stonerjesus420. Again, that, that theme of the Stoner Jesus slash or Stoner Jesus slash Stoner Jesus420. Go check it out. Help us support the show. Thank you to our sponsors as well. You'll hear from during the breaks. Go check out their banners on stonerjesus.net. They support us, so go support them. I'm having headphone problems again. You can tell if you're on the uh, watching the video version of the show. But if you're not, thank you for all, the, all of you who spread the word about stonerjesus.net. You're awesome. You keep the show going. Don't forget about the Marijuana Times show, the Marijuana News show that I do over at Marijuana Times. Dot org. It's if you miss weed news, I know many of you do on the show. It's because I do so much of it over at marijuanatimes.org. 
and the Marijuana Time Show. We're going to go to break, come back to some odd news, and an interview with Jake Pentland. It's the Stoner Jesus Show, Chapter 1, Verse 29 or 25. God damn. Maybe it's a good thing that most of this show is going to be what I did the other day, because today's not going so fucking well. Verse 25. Ah, fuck it. We'll be back, dick nuggets. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about a great sponsor of the show, Corlore420. Check out Corlore420.com, K-O-R-L-O-R-420.com, or simply click that Corlore banner on stonerjesus.net. They have extraction filter bags that are 100% silk. Get no blowouts, higher yields, and a cleaner product. Plus, silk gives you a concentrate with the best flavor. It retains the terpenes and will preserve the richest of aromas. If you want the purest product possible, then silk is for you. Go check out Corlore. Click that Corlore banner on stonerjesus.net to check out their extraction filter bags. Make sure you use promo code stonerjesus10. That's all one word, stonerjesus and the number 10 for 10% off of any purchase at Corlore. No minimum purchase necessary. Click that banner on stonerjesus.net. Get to pressing. Get to extracting. Check out Corlore. Their banner on stonerjesus.net. And make sure you use promo code stonerjesus10 to get 10% off of any purchase. The Stoner Jesus Show is brought to you in part by Hemptations.com and PlanetEverywhere.com. they got a lot of awesome stuff for you to check out. But don't just take my word for it. Let Beach, the owner of Hemptations, tell you all about it. It's a very large selection of hemp goods, everything from reusable coffee filters to frisbees, bandanas, everything planted everywhere on the site is made in Cincinnati, Ohio, made locally. We also have other retail products from our cosmetics, uh, earthly body product, bags on the retail site. You know, again, uh, anybody local in Cincinnati can go to hemptations.com and get the info on the stores. Planted everywhere is our .com is our retail site. You can and hit me up on Hemptation Beach or like my Facebook page, Hemptations or Hemptations 2. I'm on Twitter, Google, <laughs> I'm on the internet everywhere, just like everyone. Um, you know, we love to hear from people all over the world positive things about industrial hemp. That's what I do, that's what we do. Largest selection of industrial hemp on the planet in the stores. And I'd like to grow that inventory to be able to say that I haven't actually checked out all the other hemp retail spots to see if we have the largest amount on our planet everywhere but uh, it's a it's a fair it's a fair selection and as beach always says having temptations from dabs to chibas sativas to indicas we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week it's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary cannabisradio.com Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com
The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language <laughs> and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody. Stern Jesus Show. Chapter 1, verse 25. I forgot to turn my mic off during that break. I think I wasn't doing anything horrible, like beating puppies with baby seals or anything like I'm normally doing during this commercial break. <laughs> you all would have got some of that. That's right. Beating puppies with baby seals. How hardcore we are here. But no, I normally just sit here quietly and maybe, you know, you hear some clicks of a lighter and that's about it. It's a good thing, too. I had all kinds of problems going on. Stern Jesus Show, Chapter 1, Verse 25. Check out the audio version of the show for free on SternJesus.net and CannabisRadio.com as well. As many other platforms, get the video version of the show, Patreon.com slash StonerJesus420. Only five bucks a month helps support the show and get this show on video. You can see myself, what cool hat I'm wearing, what the background looks like. Uh, the news stories and videos and, and pictures and everything that I bring up, like I'm about to do here in Odd News, my cool graphics work, my uncanny, unbelievable graphics work while I'm hosting the show. I'm also directing the video and changing things and transitioning. It's, it's really, for five bucks a month, it's an amazing performance that you're missing out on. So you really should. <laughs> really should get your ass over to patreon.com slash Jesus 420 My interview with Jake Pentland is coming up at first... Kids are eating Tide Pods. Yeah, that's right. Poison Control calls Spike due to online laundry pod challenge. You can see that story there from CNN. It's really a story you can get all over the place. It used to be that washing your kid's mouth out with soap was seen as a punishment. Now authorities are trying to keep teens from doing just that. Teens have been increasingly biting into laundry pods. <laughs> it's not the onion. Teens have been increasingly biting into laundry pods, with some posting the videos online as part of a challenge, according to a statement Tuesday by the American Association of Pores and Control Centers. The results can be potentially harmful or even deadly. In the first 15 days of the new year, Pores and Control Centers received 39 such calls, the same number they received in all of 2016. The videos posted on YouTube and, uh, YouTube and social media. People gag, cough, and sometimes begin foaming at the mouth after biting into laundry pods. Now, there's, of course, there's been other challenges, you know, planking and the fucking shit where they were dumping, you know, uh, water on their heads for money that's really not going to go to a charity, but mostly does go to like overhead and, and, and shit like that. Well, and even the cinnamon challenge, that was something edible. But this is laundry detergent. You're breaking open pods, Tide pods that wash your clothes. They have to be chemicals strong enough that can wash your clothes. And that's... They think that's that's okay. The laundry packet challenge is neither funny nor without serious health complications. Stephen Kaminsky, the association CEO and executive director, said in a statement Tuesday, we've seen a large spike in single-load laundry packet exposures among teenagers since the videos have been uploaded. 
I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but that shit is funny. Your kid's dumb enough to eat a fucking Tide Pod and they're old enough to know better. Maybe you should be looking at yourself as a parent and what the fuck you're doing. Because what you're doing is not working. You're not on top of this shit if your 14-year-old was getting on fucking YouTube and eating Tide Pods. So anyway, YouTube's banning these videos and taking them down, and they're trying to uh, nip this problem in the bud because uh, people, well, people really didn't think that it was going to be a problem. Nobody anticipated this problem. Now, we'll do one more story before we go to break and get to the uh, interview I did, the long, great interview I did with Jake Pentland about the return of his mom's uh, TV show, uh, all kinds of stuff going on. He's fake Pentland on Twitter. We talked about Trump and the Internet. And, well, we even talked a little bit about Tide Pods. And the crazy shit that's going on. But uh, this story is from Huffington Post. This penis-shaped weather map aroused a storm of hilarity. Ah. If you have the video version of there, you have one of the advantages of the video version of the show. You can see it there. It is indeed, it looks like a penis and balls. It's of, um, <laughs> the Gulf Coast Storm Center posted a map on Monday evening showing what looks like a, mass, a male sex organ. A little fronting us up there. <laughs> With a head firmly in Arkansas and Mississippi and about to enter Tennessee. And it's basically one of those, if you're not watching the video version of the show, it's one of those things where, <clears throat> you know, they put, uh, they have counties and they have different levels of warnings and they put them in different colors. So it's like a big, large purple area. And then there's a smaller pink area in the middle of that that looks like a ball and uh, balls and a dick. Well, it could be one ball. I'm not going to discriminate against those with one ball. It could be one ball. Anyway. Some of the hilarious reactions online include, if this storm lasts longer than four hours, seek immediate medical attention. Tennessee says, not right now, Texas, I'm tired. Don't expect this storm to pull out quickly. I guess you could say Mother Nature really has a hard-on for the Gulf Coast lately. Storm's definitely going to penetrate deep down south. There should always be a warning when it's more than six inches. And it really goes, really, you can go all day with that. See? (laughs) I did one. Also, uh, various form, uh, variations of the uh, that's what she said joke would also apply here. So that's what's going on. Just some, uh, just a fraction, just the tip, if you will, of what's going on on the Internet, the crazy shit that's going on on the Internet. <laughs> that's going to do it for the live portion of the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go check out Patreon.com slash Sternergies420 for the videos. Check out stonerjesus.net for everything else. Check out our sponsors. Thanks for spreading the word about stonerjesus.net. You were awesome for doing that. We're going to take a break, and then I'm going to play my interview that I did with Jake Pentland, son of Roseanne, producer, uh, former radio host and podcast host, Fake Pentland, on Twitter. We had a long, great, interesting discussion, so check that shit out after the break. This is the Stoner Jesus Show, Chapter 1, Verse 25. You all are awesome. Peace, bitches. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about another great sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show, NextBardo.com. Check out that headshot banner on StonerJesus.net. They don't have just glass. They have a full line of smoking products, including wood pipes, metal pipes, Roll your own supplies, pouches, storage, grinders, dab rigs, water pipes, vaporizers, and more. An amazing variety. Check out nextbardo.com. That's N-E-X-T-B-A-R-D-O.com. Or simply click their banner on stonerjesus.net. 
So check them out. There's free shipping on all domestic orders over $20 and free shipping and a free gift with orders over $50. They offer worldwide shipping. Make sure you use discount code STONERJESUS. That's all one word, STONERJESUS, to get 10% off your first order at nextbardo.com. 21 and older, please. Click that headshot banner on stonerjesus.net. Make sure you use discount code STONERJESUS. Stoner Jesus, all one word, and get 10% off your first order at Next Bardo. Check them out, another awesome sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Hello everyone, Stoner Jesus here. To tell you about another awesome Stoner Jesus Show sponsor, Cannabis Seeds USA. Check out that Cannabis Seeds USA banner on stonerjesus.net. Let me ask you a question. Do you live in a state where it's legal to grow? There's lots of them. There's dozens now, medical and recreational states. Do you need seeds? Do you need seeds shipped in the U.S.? Well, check out Cannabis Seeds USA. Click their banner on stonerjesus.net. they got indoor and outdoor seeds. They have tons of strains. They have hybrid. They have sativa. They have indica. Everything you need, OG Kush, Sour Diesel, Grape Ape, they got single seeds, they got packs. Click that Cannabis Seeds USA banner on stonerjesus.net. If you live in a legal state and you need seeds shipped in the U.S., you need to check out Cannabis Seeds USA. Go click their banner on stonerjesus.net and check them out. Cannabis Seeds USA. Equio, New Frontier's cutting-edge big data platform, puts the information and answers you need right at your fingertips in real time to help you more effectively run your cannabis business. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. Again, that's www.equio.io. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. 
Hemp Inc. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody. Stoner Jesus Show. I have on Skype, you have Jake Pentland, Fake Pentland on Twitter, the producer, podcast host. I don't know if you still do podcasting. We'll get into that. And um, also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that he is the son of Roseanne. Yes, that Roseanne. I don't have to tell you. I think people still, uh, when people say Roseanne, they still think of, of your mom. There's no, there's none other. There really isn't. The only confusion that comes up is Rosie O'Donnell from time to time. Well, that's unfortunate. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to rag on Rosie, but it is it is unfortunate to be mistaken sometimes. Yeah, they look a little bit. A little bit. One is is more talented. Let's put it that way. At least in my opinion. And I'm sure yours as well. I assume you're talking about Rosie O'Donnell. No. (laughs) Although that show that show she had where she was shooting the things in the audience. That was that was pretty exciting. It was. (laughs) <laughs> so um, before we get into all the craziness of your life and all that, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about something that's uh, all the rage now. Have you tried the Tide Pods yet? Apparently it's the thing I everybody's have, doing. Well, I, whenever anyone, whenever I hear everyone's doing something, automatically won't do it. I'm a contrarian, so I'm safe as of now. I haven't even watched a Tide Pod video yet. Yeah, neither have I. I have searched to see if anyone's died yet because that's when I would be entertained and that's what I'm looking for. And so far nobody's died yet, which is a bummer. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. The internet generation is crazy. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so before we get into like, you know, uh, your, your past and, and what you're up to now and all that, well, more into, you know, what you're going on, what you got going on now, do you still do, uh, the podcast or is that something that, uh, you've, uh, left behind for now? I am retired from podcasting currently. Uh, I haven't done it. I haven't done it in almost, I think it's probably almost been two years. It just got too crazy for me. Um, I mean, I can handle like people trying to shut me down and fire me and, and boycott me and assault me and threaten to kill, but it started to affect interpersonal relationships with, with my family. And it just wasn't, it was too much. And even my co-hosts, like we were all fighting all the time. It was just too much stress. Not, Doing the show, the show was fun, but the fallout that we got, um, I don't know if that happens to you or, or not, but it, it was getting really nasty. In fact, we had people like threatening to, to kill us. Uh, my co-host, her husband was a cop. They were threatening to call the police department and play our tapes because we would say horrible shit on the air. I can yeah. swear, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we'd say horribly, horribly offensive stuff. And, of course, if his captain found out, he'd get in trouble. And we just didn't think it was worth losing jobs over friends and family, so we stopped. But it was a great show. I'm I'm proud of it. I really am. And, and it's still available somewhere, I'm sure, if you want to hear it. Yeah, I think there's um, I there's some YouTube stuff and you know, that I was looking through. Uh, you're a former uh, alumni, I guess, as we are, of Blog Talk Radio, which was quite a yes. – an interesting part of, of podcasting history, that's for sure. You have it's like it's like college when you want to be a podcaster. You have to go on blog talk. I actually started 
my mom bought, which was the real blog talk, as I call it, because she bought airtime on an AM radio station in San Bernardino, an actual radio show. It was like public access, and you could buy an allotment of time into a radio show. Yeah. And you got the mixing board guy, and she bought a year's worth, and then like she tends to do sometimes. She just got off on something else. So I asked if I could fill in there. So I started on AM radio. That's what I can tell people, and I look cool. But it really was just my mommy paid for it. But we did that. Then mom fired me from the AM radio show because I said that um, I said something disparaging about modern feminism. So she fired me. And that's why I ended up on Blog Talk. Two of my my fans were these two gay guys that, that loved my AM show, and they paid for my Blog Talk time. Wow. Blog Talk was actually the next phase of my podcasting career. And then I went on my own. I got the mixing board, did it myself at my house, like how you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, Blog Talk was definitely interesting. I, I haven't listened to a show on there in, in quite a long time, but I assume that it sounds exactly the same. It was horrible. I mean, you called in. You called in on your phone. And they never promoted anything. We were doing these great shows. Um, and I got Rosie O'Donnell, actually, believe it or not. Um, probably the best interview I ever did. She called in when I was on Blog Talk. She actually did a Blog Talk show. So I was, it was a big deal for me. And Blog Talk, for the first time, promoted my show. But all they did on their main page was say, listen to an interview with Rosie O'Donnell. They never said who I was for my show. And that ended up getting almost 200,000 downloads on Blog Talk, which is a big deal. And all these people, you know, I got nice things said, but nobody knew where to go. They never said the Jake Penton show or, or linked my page, which still pisses me off to this day. <laughs> the only thing I ever got from Blog Talk was an email after I did my first show that said, I think I had chosen like mature audiences as like my setting, but they told me that that wasn't good enough and that they were going to put me on the setting that was like, if you had safe search on, I wouldn't even come up in the search. And, and that was the last I heard from Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. We've been, the man's trying to hold us down, man. I know. Censorship. I've dealt with it my whole life. Um, I do feel like I'm, I'm doing podcasting wrong. I haven't gotten any actual uh, death threats or anything along those lines. I have gotten flack for, you know, Stoner Jesus and combining, you know, weed and Jesus. And some religious people aren't fans of that uh, exactly. But but nothing to that level, that's for sure. I guess that's why I'm still here. Yeah. You, then you're not living. Man. That's right. I'm doing, I've been doing it wrong for all these years. You're totally right. You should be hiding in your house like I was at one point with your handgun. And wow. just looking at the like, is that motherfucker serious? Because he he knew my address, mm. but luckily he was six hundred and seventy pounds. He was a morbidly obese man, so I figured you I see have him coming. <laughs> I could see him coming, and there's a steep driveway to my door, and then there's about thirteen stairs to my bedroom, so he wouldn't even make it. Yeah, and if he did, but you still, would you would have plenty of time to prepare. I would, and I had a forty-five, which I think could pierce a fat man, possibly. At least uh, enough to get him going back down the other way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The only one way to find out. Yeah. But anyway, that so, was scary. So yeah, I don't do that anymore. But I still do work for my mother in this fancy studio here. In and Elsa so I was going to ask, uh, what, so what are you up to these days? Well, we're we're in a weird transitional phase. You know, Roseanne's back, mm -hmm. the sitcom, which I'm sure you know. And we technically are the production company, but I'm you know I'm not I'm not a player in this business at all, and I wouldn't ask to be. So. The company's name is doing well. I, I'm just kind of waiting to see how it goes. You know, we air on the end of March, uh, March 27th, I think it comes back. And, you know, if it goes well, if the ratings are good, then, you know, potentially there'll be more work for me. I shot some of the um, table read and the commercial. I don't know if you, if you go on my Twitter account, you'll see it's my pinned tweet now. Where I talk about being a, you'll see a sex symbol on the Roseanne commercial. And it's me. So 
I got to film a little bit for the promotion part of ABC, but as of now, I'm really not doing anything. It's a really weird time for me. <laughs> so uh, I, I was 17, and I'm just kind of sitting around a little bit. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, we talked about some of this on uh, on on Twitter about what a weird time it is. You have obviously a lot of perspective now on your mom's show and and what went on back then. Um, what I guess what have you all? Uh, I mean, collectively, the people surrounding the show. What have you all learned about what happened then? Uh, what do you think about it now? With like I said, with all these years of of perspective, and, and how's that affected like the the return of the show? Well, I have to be careful. Yeah. What to say just because I usually like to be really honest, but I, it's a really odd time in this country. I mean, everybody's batshit fucking crazy. Whether you're left wing or right, wherever you are on the spectrum, there's a lot of us in the middle that are sane, but most people, it seems, are batshit insane. And you can't reason with them, you can't talk to them. I think most people are mentally ill or drug addicts. I don't know what's going on. There's CIA mind control going on, but I can tell you this show is currently being threatened. It hasn't even aired yet. Uh, uh, to be boycotted from from both left-wingers who don't like that she voted for Trump and supports Trump, and right-wingers who are trying to boycott it because they heard a character in the show is a young boy who wears a dress. So it's there's a hashtag boycott Roseanne, which I was all over. I think that's probably where you saw me being myself, and I was fighting with these people. I've been instructed not to engage them anymore. We kind of just don't want you know, We don't want to give them too much power, but to answer your question, sorry, I talk a lot. It's a um, it's a really weird time, you know. My mom's famous for fighting for the middle class and um, you know being the voice of the voiceless, and that show's first run is legendary. Everybody knows about it, and that's one thing that people always say about that show was it finally showed how real America was and middle America, and it has a very big liberal following because of that. Um, and mom had the first gay character ever. The first gay, I mean, the first gay kiss. They had major character, gay characters with uh, Martin Mull and Fred Willard. Um, they had a gay wedding. They broke every taboo in television, not just the gay stuff. And it's a cutting edge, famous show for it. So the the weird thing for me is to come back. Everybody's on it. Same cast, same characters, same writers. Everybody. Uh, and now to have this outrage from those people that supported it for so long to say that they're going to boycott it because she's now sold out as a Trump supporter. And the weird part for me is it's an interesting observation I've made. I feel is that I feel the voiceless people in America today, and the show premiered in 1989 mm. at the end of again and Bush, Bush senior and trickle down wasn't working and blah, blah, blah. Um, the middle class was struggling. A lot of the middle class back then were, lean to the left a little bit more and now i'm starting to think the trend is the other way i think a lot of people in the middle class are right wing and i see a lot of the elitist sort of powerful people uh being more left wing i mean you see it in news uh you know obviously there's fox news and there's right wing news but the elite now there's like a liberal elite yeah. and the people that are ignored and feel ignored the middle class those are the people that voted for trump whether you agree with it or not. I mean, I'm a Bernie Sanders fan. I'm a registered Democrat. I did not want Trump to win personally, but I didn't, I wasn't as shocked as everybody else was. Yeah. And I knew when you start talking about Charlotte, 
clubs and people struggling. We're still in So to answer your question, it's the same Roseanne. It's the same show, and it's speaking to the same audience. The only difference is the elite, in my opinion, today is left, and the struggling middle class is right. Yeah. So it's a weird time because it, it, a lot of people feel betrayed by mom because she supported Trump that she doesn't care about middle class and jobs anymore. That's all she cares about. That's yeah, why she wanted to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an odd thing. You know, you look back. And people always say, well, you know, there's certain shows that wouldn't fly today, like, you know, Married with Children and especially All in the Family. And, and Roseanne sometimes mentioned in that that same vein. But, you know, as you said, it was more of a, uh, a middle class focused show and it dealt with a lot of stuff that people were still talking about to this day. But to have it actually come back in the midst of this storm where, you know, on the one side you have, you know, the, the PC police or whatever and those type of people. And on the other side, you have Trump and how everything's just just come together in the last year. And, uh, you mentioned about your mom uh, running for president. Just it was just five years ago, five six years ago, yeah. and even up to the, the green, from, yeah, <laughs> even from that point up to like when Trump first announced uh, that he was running again, it was kind of seen by a lot of people as like, oh, that's you know that's funny, that's a celebrity running for for president. But now we hear now we're here a year into the administration of President Trump, and, and it seems like everything is just knocked on its head. And now we're talking about you know Oprah's going to be the next president, and it's just going to go on from there. Yeah, it's a weird time, man. It's, a, it's like it used to be like, again, when my mom ran, yeah, a celebrity's running. Oh, God, what a whack job. And now when a celebrity announces they're running, everyone's like, well, shit, they got a shot. You Absolutely. don't have to be in government. It's, it's, if the people buy their shit, they'll vote for them. So, yeah, it's a different – it's different. And, and in a lot of ways, we don't trust people that are in government their whole lives. We don't trust, like, career politicians. We don't – that's another reason Trump won is that, you know, Hillary had been – you know, the Clinton family had been in power, so to speak, in one version or the other for 30, 40 years. A lot of people saw them as the establishment, which by definition they are. And, and again, I'm a Democrat, so I'm not going to sit here and rag on the Clintons or anything, but it's not crazy to see the Clintons as the uh, establishment and Trump as the sort of outsider, even though he's the establishment too because he's a billionaire real estate. They're both establishment. I'm just saying I understand it. I understand the thinking. Yeah. So I guess you guys are, um, it's really, like I said, it's going to be really interesting to see the show come back in the midst of the, the culture wars that are going on, everything that's going on with social media and the internet and all that stuff. Uh, are you guys, um, I guess you guys are just basically, uh, bracing yourselves for, for when this hits uh, in a couple months, right? Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing else to do. We're doing press. We, we took mom's Twitter away, um, <laughs> basically right her hands because she's, I love her to death. You know, she's just a contrarian too. That's why I get it. Mm. And sometimes she's a shit poster. You know, I'll be honest. Sometimes she's a troll. Sometimes she's a brilliant activist. She's all those things. So when you're promoting a show, you don't want to necessarily upset a large portion of the country because that can affect your job. So she didn't sell out. A lot of people say because they know her Twitter has been more tame lately. A lot of people have accused her of selling out. We literally stole her phone and signed out her password and changed it because we didn't want her to get in so much trouble. Nowadays you can't like controversy used to be a good way to sell a show. You know, mm. I always say it, you know, uh, bad news is good news. If no one's talking about you, that's when you got to worry. But nowadays the wrong kind of controversy, you could set off the wrong kind of people and they're mentally ill, stay at home with their cats all day. They got nothing better to do. 
they have the power technically to shut you down. They can. And it's you don't want to upset crazy people. You just don't. It's also just mean. It's just mean to poke the poke a crazy person. <laughs> so we took her Twitter away. So we're letting these next couple months just just, you know, kind of be mellow and see. We really want people to pay attention to the show, the content of the show, the characters that everyone knows and loves. They're back. I've seen nine of I've seen all the episodes. I was there at every taping. It's good. I, I swear to God, it's good. Uh, it's just as good, in my opinion. I haven't seen them edited yet, but everything's there. The, the love, the, the trials and tribulation. It speaks about what everyone's going through, which is what that show does. Um, some characters in the show are Trump supporters. Some aren't. They fight, which is happening across America. In every family, they're struggling for work, like every family. And all those issues that made that show so great, that connected us all together as a universal audience that was watching this Connor family. Uh, represent us that's back and i just don't want to see it get sabotaged before people figure it out because the star voted for trump and now we've got to boycott it you know sarah gilbert is one of the hugest biggest hillary supporters there are goodman pretty much everyone else on that show everyone from writers down to the person serving coffee this is california they are hillary left-wing supporters mom is all alone so if you're going to boycott that show because you want to hurt a trump supporter you're going to if you pulled it off, you're going to hurt a lot of people that you consider allies, which is Man. just insane. So, yeah, we're just waiting to see. I hope it does well, because if it does well, then my trust fund grows. <laughs> that's always a plus. That's all. I'm, that's all the reason I'm here. Yeah, I think if, um, like you said, if it, you know, if it's as well written as the original was, that that people once they get into it, they'll that's what they'll focus on. You know, all this other stuff. You know, there's a lot of noise, and it's. It's yeah. it's grown and, and and pushed out there by social media and all that, but I think in the end, you know, there it's what it's always been, just like what it was back then when people were writing letters to the FCC. It's a small amount of people making as much noise as possible. But it's um, just just the, the only reason I got nervous, which I did. I don't want to give them power and go, oh, we're scared of the boycott was because we're not, and we know it's not going to work. And honestly, left wing boycotts that end up helping businesses. We saw it happen with Chick Fil A, for instance. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, I kind of want to go, yeah, please go out and boycott it because the Trump supporters are very loyal. They'll show up and go, oh, yeah, well, if you're going to boycott, we'll watch it 10 times on 10 different mailboxes, boxes, and they'll have that culture war. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just what I found upsetting when it was going on was that, you know, this is, this is my mother, who's an artist, is someone I respect. Even if she wasn't my mother, I still would, who is – I watched her work, you know, 70, 80 hours a week. I watched her do a show with the flu. She's 66 now. Um, she's never been in great shape. Um, and I watched, you know, we were carrying her from the set back to the dressing room so she could sleep in between takes. She was a mess. And it's like, I see this woman working her ass off. And then of course she's my mother and I love her. And then to see some people go, eh, shit, I don't want to watch it. Screw it because of who she voted for. I take it very personal. Um, because you're, you're, you're silencing an artist for disagreeing with you, which I find really childish. And immature, and it just triggers me all over. It's like when I used to be in the podcast. Those are the people I would get mad at on the left and the right. Like, you can't try and ruin other people's lives because they disagree with you. That's not, that's how a child thinks. That's how a child acts. Like, I didn't give my toy a break. Smash. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. With, and in this, and in this, in this era, you know, I've, there's tons of people I disagree with politically. Uh, probably most of the people that I watch entertainment and, and stuff like that. But it never would occur to me that, well, I'm not going to watch this show because, you know, I disagree with them. I'm, you know, I'm there for the story and the characters and, and the writing and all that. 
It's yeah. um, it's a weird time. That's for sure. You're, you're an adult, obviously a well functioned adult. And I'd like to think that most of us are that way, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think Twitter clouds my judgment because everyone on there is the same. And when I start thinking this is the way the world is and you'll go outside and go to the grocery store and talk to someone and you're like, Oh, people aren't so fucking crazy. Yeah. That's so where thing out in the real world. It's, it's still, it's still mostly the way it used to be, but you get stuck in this bubble of, of social media and you can get your, your vision warped here pretty quick. I hope you're right, man. Because I, I, sometimes I wonder if that's just if it's just a microcosm. You know, it's just like yeah. that's how it is. I don't know. Yeah, it may just be wishful thinking, but that's what I'm going to stick with. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, it's like, so a zombie, the, like a Walking Dead, really. It's like a zombie um, apocalypse, except instead of zombies, it's just fucking crazy, mentally ill people that like that their person didn't win the election. Yeah. And they, you're like, yeah, brains. It's just weird. Anyway. So how did you all? How did it all come about? Like, whose idea was it? Was it a, like a collective thing? How did the the show come back from just you know being an idea to actually making episodes? Well, the official story, and it's mostly true, is that Sarah Gilbert, you know, she produces the talk, and she's one of the panel members on the show, the talk, which is a you know, uh, uh, like the View. I don't know how else to describe it. She did a sketch with John Goodman, who was the guest, and they did an old Roseanne sketch on the green screen on the couch. And I, I didn't actually see the sketch. I don't watch uh, Daytime Talk, but apparently that just got people so excited just to see Darlene and Dan again on that couch. Um, well, Darlene has a very good relationship with Tom Warner, who runs Carsey Warner, and they were the original producers of the show and the Cosby show. You, Carsey Warner, you've probably seen Carsey Warner at the end of shows. Oh, yeah. If you if you're my age or our age. Um, so they, Sarah and Tom had a conversation and then it was just sort of asking if other people would be interested because it felt like the right time. That's what's so funny. Like everyone was looking at it going, we need to bring the Connor family back because people are so divided. We need like this unifying force. And then now we have multiple boycotts, but that was the initial part of it. Um, I can tell you a funny story uh, talking to my mom was that apparently a lot of the cast members, didn't th wanted to do it, but they didn't think other people would do it. Like John didn't think my mom would do it and vice versa. So it was one of those things that it kind of it was always kicking. They, they did a, my mom and, and John did a, a pilot for a show called Downwardly Mobile just three or four years ago. It didn't get bought, hmm. but they were doing a sitcom. Um, it, it, it didn't materialize, but they, they were fine with doing a sitcom and working, but Apparently, no one thought that anyone would do it. And when it finally became a reality and Sarah and Tom were talking and Mom signed on John, then everybody came back. Literally, everybody is back. There isn't anyone that's not back. Tom Arnold, I don't think, will be on it. But otherwise, I think else, everyone else will be there. Tom didn't get the invite. He didn't. And I told my mom that they should write things about Arnie that are just horribly, like, <laughs> I want to say that, you know, he, you know, she always jokes that he, yeah, a small penis. So he says, you should talk about rehab and all the things that, that were kind of true about Tom, but she won't do it. She doesn't want to fight, which I like. Yeah. But and obviously, uh, anyway, uh, Johnny Galecki uh, is, is busy elsewhere. But yeah, I've noticed that everybody, you know, all, all the characters everybody loved. And Roseanne's still a show, obviously, that's played on TV Land and CMT and all that. And if it's on, it's one of those shows like that 70s show and some of the other favorites from back then that I'll sit there and watch. And I don't care if I've seen the episode 50 times, which I have. A lot of them, it's, you know, it's, it stands up well. So I think it's going to do well. You know, as obviously is most people are going to know that it's coming back because the publicity around it is is pretty huge. But uh, there's a lot of people, like you said, our age and, and older, they're really looking forward to it. 
I, I have no doubt that the first episode will do well. I think people want to tune in. I always worry about the drop-off because there's always natural drop-off. You know, some people just tune in the first time and they don't necessarily show up the next week on any TV show. And that's when I'll start getting nervous because, you know, to come back the next week means you liked it and you want to continue to watch it. And to me, that's what makes a show good and stand the test of time. And that's when you're counting on the content and the writing and the characters, like you're, you're gripped, you're hooked. Like you said, you turn it on, you're going to watch it. Everyone I know turns on Roseanne. They're not moving for the next two or three hours until the marathon's over. Um, so I'm hoping, I think it's still like that. I do. Well, we'll see. Absolutely. You never know. And, it, and you get a bad editor. And I know that every show was running a little long. We were having six to eight minutes because there was so much good content, so much good laughs that we're having to cut sometimes five or six huge jokes just to make time on air, wow. which is a good problem. But then I start getting sad, like all this great yeah. shit. I'll say. But then, anyway, so yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. And I didn't say anything that'll get me in trouble. So that's yeah. good. Not yet. We'll see if we can, uh, we can make that happen. Uh, so, <laughs> um, your mom's, uh, feelings about cannabis and legalization, are obviously well known. It was one of the major platforms of her run for president. Um, I've listened to interviews with you and, and, and shows of yours, as far as I know, you didn't mention it, you know, all that much. But what are your feelings? There you go. Um, <laughs> what are your feelings on cannabis, your experience with it, and uh, your your thoughts on legalization and all that? I am 100% for the legalization of marijuana recreationally. It finally is here in California, although, you know, I know what Sessions is doing. I've been uh, – I'm pro-legalization of drugs since I was a kid. I personally am not a drug user for the most part. I was a stoner for one year when I was 18. <laughs> Camera. Time and then, that was it was great i mean i loved it i played i just played uh sega genesis it was john madden the original madden and nhl well i guess whatever 2k3 or whatever it was back then i don't even know um and i would just smoke pot and play video games all day and i loved it but then i kind of took a break off because i was going in the corporate world and working and building a career i couldn't be high all the time so i didn't smoke weed from probably 21 to maybe 32 and then when I started getting a little bit older and mellowing out, I was like, I'm going to go back to weed because it was so much fun. Well, in that 12 years, I don't know what you fuckers did. <laughs> I don't know how you guys, what, what you're experimenting on or how you're learning to grow because that was not weed. When I came back, that was like that was like PCP or meth or bath salts. So the, uh, the last three times I've tried weed because I've given it a good effort. The first time – and I'm not a depressed guy. I'm like a happy – the first time I tried to kill – not tried to kill myself, but I sat there for three hours thinking about killing myself. The wow. most depressed I've ever been. It was the weirdest thing. The only thing that kept me from blowing my brains out was I go, I think this might be the weed. <laughs> Woke up the next day, it was fine. So I was like, okay, maybe it's a bad strain. Tried it two more times. Every time I smoke weed now or eat it or whatever, I sit there for three hours and want to blow my brains out. So my to answer your question, if you can find me just shitty, you know, swag, I guess we used to call it, with <laughs> seeds in the stands that's like grown in someone's bathtub, I'll do that, and I love that shit. Oh, it's still out there. Absolutely. It might not be in California, but around where I am, you can find it pretty easily. <laughs> That's what I need because I love that. I used to smoke it and I'd write my journals and I'd, everything was funny. And and when I hear people talking about weed now, that's how they talk about it. And it just, I don't have that experience. I think you guys kept smoking those 12 years and built up a tolerance. Yeah. So the new stuff to you is like, it feels like that. But those of us that took a decade off from weed, it's a different animal, man. It is, it's great. I've done, I've done drugs. You know, I did shrooms and Vegas. I don't know what I was snorting that one night, but that weed is the by far the one that screwed me up the most. Modern weed, I can't do it. Wow, so. it is impressive the way that the, the 
the strength that it, that's it's gathered just over the last ten or fifteen years is incredible. It's amazing. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's it's a billion dollar, multi billion dollar industry even before legalization. I think it's going to be big. I, it works for a lot of people. I know um, my mom. That's why she was so big on it because it helped with her anxiety, which cracks me up because I sat there wanting to blow my brains out. I don't understand how it helps any. It makes me anxious. But for other people, depending on your brain chemistry, it can mellow you out. I know um, I, I'm a whiskey guy. I know if I have a glass of whiskey, sip it for a couple hours, then I feel mellow again. I feel like I used to when I smoked pot when I was 18. So maybe my brain chemistry is, you know, I'm Irish, Scottish. Maybe I got to just be soaked in alcohol. <laughs> your brain's just craving the whiskey. And <laughs> it's all it works, honestly. I mean, I'd, I'll have whiskey. I, you know, I'll, I drink a pretty good amount. And, you know, Sorry to digress, but this is, since you're a stoner, obviously your name's Stoner Jesus. This is one of the most fascinating uh, observations I've made on culture. Was if you get up in the morning and have a drink, right? If I get out of bed and take a shot of vodka, which I don't, but let's say I did, everyone's like, "Oh man, he's got a problem." And they'll always ask, "Do you drink alone?" Because social drinking's okay. And everyone's got this whole like thing about how when we should have an intervention for the person drinking. And one day I was sitting there and I had like a drink at lunch. And, you know, I was having like a, uh, a glass of whiskey at lunch and someone's like, well, you might have a problem. That'll talk. And they were a stoner. And I started thinking stoners wake up. They're high 24 seven for wake and bake. First thing you do is, just, you know, you're in your bed. You're not even out of bed yet. You're, you're hitting the pipe. How come no one ever fucking treats you guys like that? How come no one says, oh, do you ever smoke alone? Because that's when it's a problem. Uh, do you smoke first thing in the morning? No, everyone else is like stoner life, man, 420. <laughs> if I do that, like. Alcohol alive. I'm fucking buzzed right now. I woke up and had a shot. Everyone's like, ooh, we need to put him in rehab. It's weird. That's it is. It's definitely that's definitely a good observation. I I don't you know if it has it has a lot to do with well everybody that I've ever known that that got up in the morning and started drinking, they yeah, well, problem. they're all dead. Um obviously. <laughs> it was roses that's of liver true. and stuff like that. But uh you're right, wake and bake is definitely a huge, you know, a huge part of the culture. Yeah. I mean I I think it's all the bet. It's all the people that didn't know how to maintain, as they used to say in the seventies. Like people can't handle their booze, they started crashing into telephone poles and beating their kids and all this shit. They gave the rest of us a bad name. I could be drunk right now. You wouldn't even know. And no. not, you know, I can function. I can drive when I'm inebriated, and everyone freaks out like, "Ooh, you're drunk driving." Meanwhile, they're fucking high as a kite while they're driving. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're not even on weed. Like everyone, 50 million people now, I think it is in America, on some form of psychotropic, antidepressant, mind-altering fucking substance, which is way more dangerous than alcohol and pot combined. Not that pot's dangerous, but you know what I'm saying. And they're sitting there popping their pills, and they're judging you and I. Like, oh, you have to smoke pot and and drink, gah, 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 and they take their fucking antidepressants because they're going to blow their fucking brains out. Meanwhile, then those are the people that are walking in the fucking mini-malls with AR-15s and shooting everybody. Yeah. Sorry. Everybody's, stop. yeah, everybody's on something. I've noticed that, you know... I, you know, my, my thing is my addiction, I guess, if you will, is caffeine. You know, I'm sitting here, I don't drink coffee, so I'm drinking these dumb little fucking energy shot things all day. And, and if I don't, I get this massive headache and I just, I can't function at all. And it's, it's horrible. I have that too. Yeah. It's, it's crazy shit. We live in a crazy time, whether it's weed or, or you know, culture or, or anything. It's just, well, Trump's president. I think that's pretty much, that's, that's the, uh, the encapsulation of it all. <laughs> I remember election night because uh, I was already kind of t- turned off by then. Because, like I said, I, I was a Bernie guy mm. and I didn't like what Hillary did to Bernie. And I was already, and I live in California. So 
in California, you really don't have to vote. You know, everyone says your vote matters. It really doesn't matter in California. Honestly, Hillary's going to win California. It doesn't matter who I vote for. So I didn't vote. I just stayed home that night. I said, fuck it. I'm not going to vote. Hillary's going to win California. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh, there's no way Trump's going to win. It all felt good. And I fell asleep. Everyone was all nervous. And my, I fell asleep probably because I was drinking too much. And I fell asleep <laughs> like at 7 p.m. And I remember I woke up at two in the morning to go to the bathroom and I got peed and I was like, something happened, something happened. Oh, the election. And so I went on Twitter just to see the results, like how much Hillary had won by. And Trump was fucking president. And I shit you not, I sat there with my phone peeing and I broke up, broke out in the loudest, most insane laugh I've ever had in my life for probably a minute and a half. And for the next two or three weeks, it still would hit me. I'd be talking to someone and I'd be like, oh, my God, can you believe Donald Trump is our president? Still happens to this day. It was an extremely weird night. Uh, I was sitting here, you know, following all the marijuana votes and all that because I write about and I was doing a, a rundown for the next day. And I had a TV on over here. And as the night just went on, you know, Trump did this and Hillary didn't do this. And then the, the states started falling. The dominoes started falling. It was it was nuts. It was fucking great. Yeah. And I didn't. I, luckily, I slept through all that because I think I would have had, <laughs> had a hard time. Yeah. My, my dad is a huge Hillary supporter. Um, he's on Facebook. He's kind of Facebook famous. If anyone wants to check him out, Bill Pentland, really funny, bright guy. Um, he's been having a really hard time. My, my sisters are huge Hillary supporters. They hate, they hate Trump. They have Trump derangement syndrome as we call it. Yeah. So it's a really funny time for me and my family because my family's got a social media presence. My sister, Jenny is Twitter famous. She's one of the funniest fucking people on Twitter. Um, Jenny Pentland, you should check her out. And my dad and my mom, of course, is a huge celebrity, and they couldn't be more, you know, polar opposites politically. And we fight. We fight. I just was over there last night. We were fighting about Trump, my family. And it's a lot louder. My family's probably a lot louder than most families. So it's a weird time, even interpersonally. Yeah. Not just you know, not just the big picture and the, and the nation, you know what I mean? Like your family is fucking crazy. You're, everyone's fighting with their family. People are disowning family members over Trump. And the weird For thing real. is, ten years from now, this may seem like it's normal when you know The Rock is in his second term, and we look back at the days of Trump. And I thought that was those are the good old days. That it wasn't so crazy. <laughs> I know that's what that's my worst fear is that this people will look at this as like, you know, they'll have that conversation in eight years like we do now. Like, remember when we thought Trump was bad and that was a crazy time? Look what's happening now. Can you imagine that shit? Yeah, we we'll live in a fucking nuclear bunker somewhere. I don't know, man. I don't know where it's going. All I know is, it, to me, the hardest thing to be today is moderate and mm. like a centrist and judging things on individual basis, judging people individually, which is how I operate. Mm. I'm considered crazy nowadays because I've been called a fence sitter and, um, you know, uh, I don't know other terms, but if you're centrist and you, you go, okay. Oh, Okay, what are we talking about? Let me look at the specific instance, and then I'll form an opinion. Yeah, and it's no matter what color or gender anyone is, or their politics. Like you're actually looking at the case, like a judge would look. You do that nowadays, you're the enemy from both sides. Everyone hates you. If you're a left wing nut job, you know you've got your group and your cult together. You've got your religion that you can hang out with. And if you're a right wing nut job, same thing. If you're in the middle and you're just a reasonable, moderate human being that's intelligent, they all want you dead. It's the scariest thing to be these days. And most people don't even talk about how centrist they are, which is actually what most of us are. Yeah. I think more people are like, I do. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the way I am. I, uh, well, I voted for Gary Johnson. So my guy only lost by, you know, 62 million votes. It was, 
It's such Close. a rough night. I liked it, man. I liked him a lot. I like when he when he did that fake pass out on the TV show. Yeah, I watched. It. He was a funny guy. Yeah, libertarian. Well, I like a lot of things in libertarian. Some some of the stuff is a little nutty, but you said that about everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we let you go, you got any um, besides obviously Roseanne coming up? You have any big projects or, or anything you want to tell people about? No, I'll be I'll be playing video games and napping with my cats. If anyone wants to check me out. You can check out my Twitter page, but I, I don't like to send people to my Twitter page because for me, Twitter is uh, it's part of my mental health regimen. Mm. Uh, I find I'm such a nice – did you ever see um, Me, Myself, and Irene with Jim yeah. Carrey? Absolutely. I, I feel like that's my life. Like I'm the nicest person in the world. I'm such a nice person, and sometimes I get walked over, and sometimes I hold my breath when I should say something to somebody. So for me, Twitter's my hank. And uh, that's where I snap into the other character, and I there I'm just a horrible shit poster, and it's great because for me I'm drawing a boundary. I can turn off my phone and then go cuddle with my cats and cry at rom coms. But <laughs> on my Twitter, if you're not ready for my Twitter, you're gonna think most people think I'm a right wing Trump supporting, um, you know, white supremacist, and it's, <laughs> part of me also kind of enjoys that. Like I like that people misjudge me you know my family we've been misjudged our whole lives it's a part of our culture in my family the people thinking they know you but they don't and i don't know i guess i'm kind of comfortable in that spot yeah if i ever find so myself if I, if I ever think of something that i i think of myself oh you really shouldn't say that i go to my twitter as quick as possible and then try to get it out yeah. which i think is the same thing trump does obviously <laughs> it is. no I, I mean i'll finish this about the trump presidency i'm as scared as anybody some things i'm keeping an open mind about some things are going okay um so I'm I'm okay. I'm not freaking out yet. But as far as from an entertainment standpoint, just for being entertained, this is the greatest president in the history of our country. Yeah. <laughs> this is the greatest time. And Donald Trump's Twitter is one of my favorite things that have ever that I got to witness. You know, a lot of people were there for Pearl Harbor and World War II and the greatest generation. They'll talk about I was alive when Donald Trump, the president, had an active Twitter. And that's gonna that's gonna mean something someday. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's entertaining. So go follow Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely follow and Donald Trump, both accounts. Uh, absolutely. The one's too critical, but I love Donald Trump's Twitter. And I, I've been accused of, of uh, well, I've accused Trump of stealing my style, to be honest. Yeah. He tweets a lot like I do, and I, I, think, I think he's been stealing my shit. You type say it a lot with a little exclamation point. I do. And I also, <laughs> you know, Trump, he's not a smart person she's gonna make a lot of people mad he's not bright uh from a from an education standpoint from like a book smart i don't find him particularly witty which is uh, uh, for me an important part of judging someone's intelligence the sense of humor i don't find him particularly funny um but when it comes to using the media and playing the media and knowing what to say to to get people talking the guy's a damn genius man one of the best i've ever seen and the fact that a lot of people do uh credit his twitter account with getting him elected i think there's a lot of truth to it because that's how he was doing it yeah the, you're running up the election a lot of it was twitter and then because the way he tweets the left-wing media will grab his tweet and post it on their cnn and msnbc show and talk about it and they always say that he got free airtime and he did he's the greatest shit poster of our generation yeah, he can definitely – uh, he'll claim the news cycle anytime he, he feels like it just with, you know, in a couple minutes. And I think he does. He's brilliant. And I think they're starting to kind of figure it out, like that they've been played a little bit. 
but he'll still, I mean, right now, I bet as we're talking, if you get off and go look, we probably miss a tweet that's got a million retweets and people are fighting over it and there's, you know, fights in the streets and riots somewhere. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy these days. I want Trump president for, for life. Yeah. <laughs> and he also pisses off the people I can't stand. I, like, yeah. I, liberal, right? For the most part, I say I'm centrist, but really in my heart, I'm, a, I'm a, like a, a sane liberal, like the JFK type of liberal. Mm. And everyone to the left of me is batshit crazy, in my opinion. That's why I, I say libtard every other day on Twitter. But I'm not talking about liberals or Democrats. I'm talking about the crazy fucking left-wing nut jobs that are, you know, that have 900,000 genders and shit. They can't debate. <laughs> Those people are so upset with Trump, and I hate them. So he's kind of like the enemy of my enemy, and that's why. I love Trump. Anyway, that's the end of my spiel. It's definitely a crazy time. Jake, thanks for coming on the show. Um, anytime you want to come back, man, we're we're always here doing something. You got it. I miss talking, as you can tell. It's been a while since anyone's <laughs> Get you a show. After Roseanne gets on the air and everything's good, you know, kind of slide under the radar there and get back to the podcasting. Although I picked something else besides Blog Talk Radio. There's other services now well, I- people actually hear you clearly. I was doing it on my website. I actually had it all done, streamed. I built the whole thing. I was doing it was great, but you know, you can't you can't be fired, and uh, you, you can't make a living as a podcaster unless you're very very lucky or very very good, which I was neither. <laughs> so I couldn't do it. And if I was going to lose my actual day to day job, I couldn't do it. That's that was kind of the choice I had to make. I actually had to choose between employment or a podcast. Well, employment's always the best choice. That's what I did. But if, if there's a day where I'm safe and I can go back and podcast and not worry about losing my job, then yeah, I would do it. I miss oh, yeah. it. Yeah. We'll, we'll so, be. Anyway, <laughs> you got it, man. All right. Thanks, Jake. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Bye. Jake Pentland, son of Roseanne, fake Pentland, on the Twitter. Go follow him, yo. Thanks, Jake. <laughs>